Welcome to the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. I'm Robin Crane, and I was a financial advisor for over a decade. But before that, I was a singer-songwriter. And now, even as a mom of three with a teenager, toddler, and a baby, I run a seven-figure business helping women in financial services grow their businesses and make a bigger impact. In this podcast, I'll bring you financial advisors, industry influencers, and highly successful entrepreneurs to give you innovative strategies designed for women. So get ready to learn how to get in front of the right people, get more ideal clients, and be able to grow your ideal business so you can live your ideal life. Welcome to Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Ways. Robin Crane here with Bree Sedano. And I'm super excited because Bree and I worked together. We started working together four years ago. And actually, I remember she sent me a message actually in January 2020, before the pandemic hit, and said, I just hit my $100,000 a month. That was awesome. Uh, that was true. Yeah. True story. <laughs> true story. True story. And now, I mean, she's smashing in her business. She helps uh, people with their, their money, with their mindset. I'll let you take over, but now your company is called from sheep to shark. She's had a major, major success in the financial industry and then decided to move over and have her own company where she's really helping people around their, their finances outside of the industry. Yeah. So I actually started in finance as a, like selling stocks and bonds and mutual funds. And what I found in my community was that nobody was coming to see me saying, Brie, I have so much extra money. Help me diversify my portfolio. Um, So I started to look at like cash flow management and then I started looking at money mindset. And then about this exact same time, I started working with you uh, when we started what, like 2016, I think. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I, ended up finding out that I didn't, that I couldn't be as successful as I wanted in the brokerage house the way that I was. So I ended up just going on my own and then, and not taking, not taking my licenses. We just gave that to me. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what I did, which is not what you all should do. It's just, uh, that's the, the path that, that yeah, what I did. Yeah. Because, um, for both of us, I think we're really focused on the mindset stuff, beliefs and behaviors, and then the strategies around that. And that totally can be translated into the industry for sure. It just depends on what you're looking for. But, um, but Bree's very outside of the box. I remember actually when you were in femme, um, I, every time I'd ask you like, how's it going? This is what she was say every time living the dream, living the dream. It's like, she's always, always very positive, very fun. Always living the dream. Um, so what I want to talk to you about, because there's, there's a ton of things we could talk about. I mean, you've done really well in digital marketing. You've really, um, done well, um, in just helping people in a non-traditional sense. But I know, um, you know, when we were talking, you mentioned about breaking through limiting beliefs and you have some systems for that, but before we go into how to break through limiting beliefs, so you can skyrocket your business, Tell us how, like, what limiting beliefs did you have before and, and how did, how did that shift for you? So the, like, literally the first thing that you helped me figure out when we started working together was that I had a limiting belief around helping people and making money. Like I could help people from the goodness of my heart and I could work and I could make money, but somehow the two could not be connected. They were like mutually exclusive in my mind. And once I realized that uh, everybody gets paid for helping people, like that's all of what humanity does is all of the work that's done in the world helps people and it's all paid for. Like once I put those two dots together, like, I, th- I mean, I think at the time I was making like $3,000 and then the next month I'd made eight, you know what I mean? Like it was like a really big shift all at once. And it was just wow. that I was, I, cause I felt guilty. Like it ended up causing like a lot of emotional resistance to like charge like, and to be paid, like people were literally in my office, like taking out their checkbooks to pay me. And I'd be like, no, you don't have to pay. 
oh, don't pay me. Please don't pay me. Which what seems so crazy. Of- like, which seems so crazy right now because you're so, oh, you're so over that. But I, I mean, I remember specifically because you are such an expert in helping people with their student loans and you have, you know, all these really cool tricks and secrets, legal, of course, but to help people get out of student loan debt and forgiveness. And I remember talking to you about that and, and you were charging $350 to it was help 250. Them. 250. Okay. I remember, (laughs) but maybe, maybe the month before it was 250, but I remember, and I was going, how much do you save them? Like how much do they get forgiven? She's like, some, you're like, sometimes it's a hundred thousand dollars. Sometimes it's $300,000. And I'm like, and you get paid 350. It only takes me about an hour. Yeah. But how long did it take you in in your expertise of learning how to do this over the last 10 years to be able to do that? And who cares if you can save someone $300,000, you should get paid a little more than that. So I'm glad you took my advice there. Oh yeah. Me too. Yeah. Way better. (laughs) It's way better. To get paid for your work. Really well, tell, tell, before, tell them also a little about your background and, and your life. Cause I think you're such an interesting person. I want to hear those funny stories before we get into all the, all the, all the interesting, other interesting goods. Yeah. I mean, so I just, I started as in the nonprofit sector. I did a whole decade at boys and girls clubs. And then I, for a little while, I loved it there. And I actually taught myself how to trade stock options to make extra money, which Again, please don't do that. It's very stressful. It worked though. It, it, it like served its purpose at the time. And then as I progressed, I just started really hating it. I was exhausted and I was underpaid and undervalued. And so one day I was whining to my mom about my life. And she was like, you taught yourself how to trade stock options. You should be a financial advisor. And I was like, oh, great idea. Thanks, ma. And I, and I got a job. I started with Edward Jones and then I ended up going into a, an independent firm. I don't know. What more do you want to know? Like, what do you want to know? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. No, that's good stuff. Okay. Uh, whatever comes up, you know, you got, I'm sure you got a lot of funny stories in your back pocket. Um, but tell, tell us about like, so how did you get through those limiting beliefs? So, um, I mean, you jumped from nonprofit to then Edward Jones, which, you know, we, we, a lot of people know about Edward Jones. I mean, they're very, very focused on families and, and working with a lot of clients and all that. And then you jumped into independent and then we met around there sometime, but what, when you, when you had that feeling that like, cause my book, make more money, help more people. It's not even help more people make more money. It's make more money, help more people, which is, which is pretty bold to say, right. Cause I believe that if, when you make more money, then you will help more people. Um, but what, what was the shift? Like, how did you overcome that, that really made that difference for you to start being able to make a lot more money yourself? So I just started to see that it wasn't true. Like, like I literally, after we talked, I remember like a story in my mind where this became true. Like I was probably like six years old. I went to my next door neighbor's house, who was this little old lady. And I hung out with her. And then she asked me to take out her garbage. I did. And she gave me like a dollar bill and a handful of coins. And I went home and I was so pumped. And I told my mom, I was like, look, I have a dollar and a quarter. And I took out this lady's trash and best day ever. And my mom was mortified. She was so mad at me. She was like, you like hustled this old woman for a dollar. You should have just taken her trash out. Like, you, like, why would you charge her for that? And I was like, well, I didn't, I didn't really charge her. Like I wasn't like out, like, Hey, let me take out your, your trash for a dollar. I was like, I was just there. She asked for the help. She gave me the the money in the exchange. And I, I felt so bad about it. I felt like I was a bad girl. Like I'd done something wrong. My mom made me return the money. So the whole thing was so embarrassing. And this was like the story. This was like the seed of, I could help people. I could help this old woman from the goodness of my heart and I could work and I could make money, but the two would 
could not intertwine. And so I had to like essentially make that story mean something else. <laughs> like, I think my mom probably didn't know the whole story. Cause I can imagine if she just, if you, if your kid's out hustling the neighbors for <laughs> coins, you know, like I'm sure that could probably feel pretty embarrassing, which wasn't really the full case, but it didn't matter. Cause I don't think I got to full. I think my mom was so mortified that like, I didn't get to be like, no, I wasn't, you know, she was just like, go give her the money back. <laughs> like, this is it. You're done here, yeah. you know? And so learning to see things differently was like a really big shift for me. It's like, well, I could look at it that way. I could look at it. Like maybe my mom was having a rough day. I could look at it. Like, you know, there's so many other different ways to look at it than just the way that you experienced it when you were six years old, you know, and now you have this entire truth. This isn't like this truth structure that like, doesn't like, it doesn't make sense when you apply it in the rest of the world. Like if an old woman asks you to take out her trash, you should probably just not accept the money, right? You could just, you just take the trash out. She'll give you a cookie the next time you see her, it'll be fine. And so like that little tiny micro truth that was like, could, could and honestly, like the way that it could have went, I could have just had the dollar and been fine. But um, like I was applying that little tiny micro truth to my business, <laughs> to like all these other areas of my life. And that truth didn't, it didn't work. And since the, I was experiencing that as a truth, it was causing all this emotional resistance. Like I would feel guilty. Like I would feel gross and guilty for charging. Like it would, I would feel bad. Guilty, yeah. like bad. It was just like, yeah, because I, because somehow I was going against this own, this like little truth that I had in, in my noggin. Yeah. Moms are great like that. Um, creating these beliefs for the rest of our lives. I mean, you know, my story, right? I mean, when I, I was trying to, um, be, be in the gifted program, I think, you know, this story, but not everybody knows the story, but, um, and I had to try out because they didn't select me as being gifted. So I had to go in audition. I don't know if you called an audition, but whatever for the gifted program. And they put me on the spot and I was sitting there and they asked me these questions. And one of those questions was what's a tripod. And I was like, uh, I don't know. And I should have known. And so I go home to my mom and she's like, how did the test go? How'd you do? Are you going to be in the gifted program? I'm like, I don't think so, mom. They asked me what's a tripod. And she's like, looks at me with three fingers on her hand and goes, Robin, you don't know what a tripod is. Come on, Robin tripod three. You know, like, like you so like as if you're so stupid. Right. And, um, so then from that day forward, I thought I was stupid. So, you know, our, our mom's like, they're not trying to hurt us. It's no. like, what do we say to our kids? But I, I think it actually stems from their beliefs and what happened with their parents and how that affected them. Because my mom, like knowing my mom now, of course she didn't mean to offend me and she doesn't think of me as stupid, nor did she back then. No. But my immediate belief that I took from that, just like your immediate belief was like, I am stupid. And so my whole life, I mean, pretty much through my teenage years and whatnot, I was proving myself and I, I got straight A's. I did, you know, really well in college because I'm like, I had to study to, to prove so people wouldn't know the truth that I'm really stupid. And that impacted me in sometimes in negative ways and sometimes in positive ways because it allowed me to get straight A's. So it's like, I'm not mad at my mom for that. And I, I'm sure my mom, I know she doesn't think of herself as very smart. You know, she thinks like she's, she's she's not a good test taker and all these things. And, and she would always mention those type of things. So I know she had issues with feeling like she was stupid. And so it's like, uh Oh, we're kind of trickling that down, but regardless of where it comes from, cause you know, we're not here. Like this is not the mom bashing show. Like we, we, you know, your mom is the one that got you into financial, like financial advisory. Uh, oh yeah. No. Uh, and I mean, in the big scheme of things, I think it, 
she was just parenting me. Oh yeah. And I'm not saying she didn't do anything wrong. It's just interesting because it's her belief, right? Her belief. And it could have been like, if it was like the rich dad, rich dad, poor dad thing, it would have been like, you know, high five young Brie, little one, like you got a dollar. You're an entrepreneur, you know, get it going, like taking out trash from the neighbors and making some dough here. Like that's, it could be totally different, but, but I know you mentioned to me before we started this, that you have some like little trick to how to overcome these limiting beliefs. Tell us about that because everybody has limiting beliefs and don't just, you know, like, I'm not blaming my mom. We're not, blaming. No, but, but to accept like, Hey, this is a belief. And how do I overcome that? Because we want to make sure that you get the results in your business so you can impact more people so you can make more money and help more people. Yeah. All right. Perfect. So the first thing that you want to figure out is generally what's, what's the limiting belief. And you even want to kind of start to figure out where it came from, because when you have that initial story, like that, that story, it gives it a lot more context, a lot more color to, to play around with like the nuances of it. And then you really like the, the first major step, once you have that together is you just question whether or not this is true. Is it true that it's wrong to help people in exchange for being paid? Is that like, is that true? And then you start looking at it and you're like, no, I mean, doctors get paid and they're helping people and firefighters get paid and they're helping people and financial advisors get paid and they're helping. You start looking at it and you're like, 100% not true. And so once you, once you start seeing that, that starts to make the shift in your mind. And then what you want to start to do is you want to find, well, I, so I actually started already with, with the second thing is you want to find evidence of it not being true. You want to build yourself a case, like all the reasons it's not true. Helping people for money is wrong. Like you make a list, you know, because as you start to do this, it starts to change. You're, you're like proving yourself wrong, essentially. Cause at one point this, like my story was true for me at one point. That was, that was the truth for just a moment in my life. And then I started applying that truth, all types of other places. Then you want to find evidence like with your new belief. So like the new belief that I put in, in that circumstance is that actually we, we went all the way to charging like full price, charging a considerable amount helps people more. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't like at the exact moment I was talking about, like that belief was kind of twofold. Right. So it was like on one side, of course you have to get paid to do your work. Cause otherwise you can't even do your work anyways. But then as I started like really going down that road a little bit further, like not only is charging money okay, but the more money people pay for stuff, the better results they actually get, like the more seriously they show up. Amen. And then I started looking for evidence of that, right? I started looking at it and I like people that I'd start, like, like when I first started doing stuff, like I used to help people for super low cost or even sometimes for free. And a lot of times they wouldn't take the advice. They would listen, but they wouldn't actually follow through. They wouldn't do the things. And it was because the exchange wasn't right. You know, like if they had done the things, they probably would have felt like they'd stolen from me because there was no exchange. You know what I mean? So the exchange has to be right. And so then you start building a case like for that and you decide on your new beliefs. So like one of my beliefs is like the work I do is of high service and worthy of massive compensation. And so like you, Mm -hmm. you, I mean, that's the entire process. And sometimes it takes a little bit to really unfold to see you know, the belief that's holding you back and then to really implement that next thing. But that, I mean, that's it. It's just four easy steps. And it, it just gives you like a quick check-in when you, cause you know, sometimes you'll catch something just leaving your mouth, like leave it, like, you're like, wow, that was an interesting 
that was an interesting thought there. And you can say to yourself, well, is that ultimately true? Is that true? Is it true that, you know, like, is it true that if you have money, you lose your health? No. Is it true you can't be rich and spiritual? No. Like, there's all these like little, little money mindset beliefs that, and for some reason with money, especially we like to tangle things that are unrelated, like money and health, you know, that the level of actual relation is far less than what people like tend to think. They're like, well, if I work too hard, I'm going to get sick. What? I don't know. So it's a, it's. So where, where do those come up for you now? So now, I mean, you've come a long way in four years and on track for at least a million dollars next year. And I mean, that that's a lot of, of big results in a short period of time, you know, just a few years to go from, you know, 3000 a month or something to now hundred thousand a month. Um, so what, but it's like, for me, I'm always growing. I still have limiting beliefs. I still have, you know, it all comes up like things, things like that still come up no matter how successful I am or whatever. But for you, what, what kind of limiting beliefs do you find or, or at this level that you still have to take a moment to be like, wait, is that true? Like, seriously, no, that's like, let me actually prove to myself. That's not bullshit. Oh, so last week, so I have a business coach that, that I keep on retainer and I was meeting with him because I wanted to be so organized. I was like, help me figure out a way to keep track of everything. Cause this business has grown really fast. And so, um, luckily my team is amazing and I'm luckily just smart enough to hire people that have all of my complementary skill sets. Um, but now they're, they're growing into bigger and bigger roles. And so like the spot of like, my assistant, like the spot of keeping me on track is no longer something that everybody can do. So I've kind of just been like left on my own to my mm-hmm. own devices. And then I had, I had a, a belief like just a week ago that for me to be a good leader, I had to be good at creating content, good at being organized, good at keeping track of everything, good at managing everything. Basically I needed to be all things to all people. And if I wasn't, then I'm not good enough. Right. And so as I I like, I just did this meeting like a week ago and I'm talking and I'm talking and I can feel the resistance. I could feel like myself being like, (gasps) I don't know. That's how, that's how for you audio listeners, that was me deep breathing. forced, (laughs) And that's like, and so I was so sad about it. I was really having a time because I don't want to be super organized. I actually want to hire somebody to help me with it. And that means I had to change my belief to like, no, I get to do the thing that I'm really, really good at. And I also get to give someone a job to do something they're really, really good at. And we're going to do better together. But like, that means I had to break the belief that somehow I was inadequate if I couldn't create brilliant content, which is a very creative process and also have all of the structure to hold all the content. You know, Mm -hmm. so like, oh, if I couldn't do both sides of this really, really big thing that somehow I'm inadequate, which was, was, which is not true. And giving somebody a job is a really wonderful thing. And then I'm, I actually just talked to somebody who's going to interview next week and I'm going to work on really being okay with that because it's not, it's not a measure of my inadequacy. It means that I'm going to step more into the, my brilliance, the thing that I'm good at and also provide somebody a livelihood. Um, so that was like my most recent, my most recent tiny, tiny mental breakdown. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. So what, what advice would you give these, the, the ladies out there, those of you listening right now, any, I mean, most of them are growing financial business or you know, maybe they're doing something 
around money coaching or insurance or whatever, but what, what advice, cause we all have limiting beliefs, of course. And, um, we all get stuck sometimes and, and there's so many people we can help. There's so like, there's so much we have to like commit to in regards to helping people because people especially now need it more than ever. But what, what advice would you give them moving forward here? So it depends on where you are. If you're just getting started and you're not ready to hire a coach, be really diligent in your journal because you're going to start to see these things. You're going to start to understand like who you are and where all these ideas come from. And you're going to start to really notice how you're, you're like formed, like how your money mindset was, you know, come to be. Right. And that's, that's incredibly helpful. And then once you're in a spot where you're ready to hire a coach, get a coach because the, like most, for most people, it takes about seven years to hit a million dollars to go from a zero, zero business, you know, and in the, in the field that I do in the field that I'm in, I've I've kind of paid a lot of attention to this and I'm probably going to hit it in just about four, right. We're going to, we're going to do it in just about four years. And it's because I've always had support. I've always been coached. And so things that could have really slowed me down for a week, I'm able to catch and not lose my momentum. I'm able to catch and work through it in a couple of hours or in a half a day where, you know, before I had some feedback or somebody to mirror that back to me or help me, you know, like literally like instead of sitting in a pile of soggy inadequacy for a week, I was able to get over myself within 18 hours. Um, And that's really, really helped in terms of the amount of momentum and the amount of speed and the amount of people that I can help because I'm properly supported. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think everybody should get help. Obviously, like it's a shortcut. It's just most people, even if they're just starting and they're scared or whatever, I think like you, if, if you're ambitious, like we are, like you want results faster than the average, if you don't want to, you know, play small and be mediocre, but you want to rise above and, and really help more people because again, making more money in your business is huge. It's just an indication. It's just an indicator that you're actually helping more people. So the, the faster you want to do that, the more help you need, the more help you need. I mean, I can't do anything myself anymore. Like I, I like nanny, bring me some waters. Like I text her, can you bring me a water? You know, but it's not just because I don't know how to go to the fridge and get a water. It's just because I'm so in my zone of like, I'm coaching, I'm working with people. I'm like, I, I want to get like, I, I love what I do. And I'm, I'm, I'm in that state and I don't want to be interrupted. And even, you know, I, I was talking on another cast about how I'm eating daily harvest meal. I don't know if you know daily harvest, but like I had, it's just, you know, you're in a blender. No, they do actually, I guess have, have, uh, shakes. I don't, I don't do the smoothies, but I just get, they have like bowls and they're really healthy and it's gluten-free and it's just, I think it's gluten-free and dairy-free and I can just four and a half minutes, it's ready to go. And, and like, that's that kind of help. Like I need, I need that help is I got to go back into what I'm really good at so I can help more people. And I think that so many women, especially try to do everything and think they do need to be everything to everyone at all times. And I think that point that you mentioned is huge because I don't think that's a, a belief that's like, Oh, random at once every few years. Like, I think we all feel that at times, you know, I got young kids. I mean, it's, it's like, I feel like I I'm, feel guilty sometimes not being with them. And then many people get that feel guilty when they're, when they're not working, when they are working. And it's just, we take a lot on as women. And I, I just think idea of doing it on your own is crazy. Uh, crazy. Yeah. Especially if you have big ideas. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 
Yeah. Big ideas need big teams, baby. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I, I, I think the main thing is like, how do they find you? Where, what's the best way you're really good on and really active on social media. So I mean, I see you pop up on my Facebook all the time, watching your videos and stuff, but um, what's the best way to find you? Yep. Ship to shark on Facebook or Instagram is probably the best way. That's and then Sheep I have- to shark. Make sure you hear that right. Sheep to shark on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. And then I deliver all types of free content there and it's, it's pretty juicy. You'll love it. Is there anything specific? Like you'd say, go get this uh, freebie. Cause you got some cool freebies that they could use it themselves and maybe their clients. Yeah. So um, if you go to my website, ship there's a financial freedom quiz and it will help you kind of like the way that we assess where people are on like the relationship to money, not necessarily income or not necessarily what they have, but just like where they are in their terms of their evolution financially. There's a quiz for that and it's right at the top of the website. And that's a really good, like, that's a really good first, first thing to do. Great. Go get the quiz. That sounds awesome. I want to do it myself. All right. Thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you, Brie, for being here and we will see you next time. Bye. My pleasure. Thanks. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.